ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you are. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode 565 of today's show. My name is Eric Taylor. I am temporarily filling in for Dr. Gerald Ozier, who is going through the some technical difficulties. So I'm here to welcome you into the show. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming in. While we go through, let me get the overlay going in. Let me... I am one moment. I am talking with the mods here and talking to Dr. Jared Osher. 
You know, it wouldn't be a simply cyber episode if we didn't have some some technical issues on a Monday, right, ladies and gentlemen? All right, so Dr. Gerald Osher is going to reboot. And because this was a very last second, let me spin up a couple things here. How's everybody's weekend while I do this? Everybody, I know down here in the uh, in South Carolina, it was just so everybody know I will, unless something goes really, really awry, I will not be your host for the day. I am just, again, pitch hitting while Dr. Gerald Osier goes in. And reboots his workstation. I'm just going to bring up this, share my sound. We'll do this. We will do this and this. So I can bring up some music. All right. All right. Now I feel a little bit better. I hope you do as well as we work out, again, some of the technical issues. Again, my name is Eric Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today is Monday. We are, once again, talking. Uh, we are here on episode 565 of the top cybersecurity news of the day. This show is also brought to you by some of our, well, I guess, the, see, I'm not prepared at all, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not. But we will get this thing through. So... Let me just at least bring up the sponsors here. Copy link. And because I am copying them from YouTube, it's always wanting to say, are you sure you want to uh, visit this site? And of course we do. So those who ha have been, you know, keeping up with all the things, this is the CSA. I am clicking wrong links all over the place this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am acting like an end user. I just click all the links. All right. So, as I was saying, thank you so much for the stream sponsors. We definitely want to say thanks to those who bring uh, allow this show to be possible. First, with Panopsi Security. We've talked about them many, many times. They are the folks, uh, Brandon Pool and the entire team that is over there. Allow will bring real world information real world scenarios to you and your c-suite so that way you can get your initiatives done with a quantified risk assessment say hey how what's going to happen if i don't secure rdp well mr or mrs customer you will get breached ransomware deployment protocol so <laughs> you know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but you get the idea right so we want to make sure that we are you know, getting what our initiatives are to make ourselves a little bit more secure going through the year. So definitely please consider looking at Panopsi Security so that way you can get your assessment done and be able to get your goals of cybersecurity moved across the finish line. And also we want to say thanks for anti-siphon training. You know, they are the pay what you can. Look, everybody is struggling. Everybody's trying to get into the industry. You know, you, there's only so much YouTube you can watch, things of that nature. And John Strand is even one person and it, that when they talk, even I shut up and I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah, right. So, you know, John Strand, he surrounds himself with a bunch of very, very knowledgeable people. 
those who don't know john strand used to teach at sands i'm a huge sands advocate if you are uh, unaware so the the classes are definitely coming from a sans mentality where they are taking people who are in the industry and they bring real world scenarios to you so it looks like dr joe dozier is coming in he's working through a couple of little of the, the the quote unquote dumpster fire so we'll just kind of go through this real quick but yeah definitely check out the pay what you can and be able to get that entry level information or not the entry level but get those starting skills so that way you can be able to level up yourself and get into the cybersecurity industry as things go forward i want to remind everybody if you're new here and you do have cv uh uh cves that you must uh fulfill please always remember to say what's up you know team uh, hashtag team live whatever you have to do and save that because each episode is worth half a cpe and with that i will be quiet because it so looks like the illustrious dr joe Ozier is here can you see me now i can see you now sir bro i have no idea like literally i could see me i could hear me i could do all the things me and um you know ah. Just what, what, like, this is the ultimate Carl thing. Like, like, ah, all right. So, Eric Taylor, thanks so much for hopping in here. Um, if you can, um, okay, well, good to see you. Hey, everybody, welcome to the party. Allow me just a moment to finish getting my, my stream set up. Um, many of you may or may not know that it is actually a, quite an elaborate, uh, production, uh, setup I've got going on over here. And, um, I don't know what happened, but seriously, uh, welcome to the party. Let me get this uh, final part stood up. And we've got a great show for you. As Eric Taylor had mentioned, Barricade, Cyber, Panopsign, Anti-Siphon, stream sponsors who absolutely understand that this is a live show and things happen. Definitely appreciate that. Let's get the final pieces going here. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. And I think with that, we are ready to go. Good morning. It is Monday, so we've got uh, Simply Cyber's daily, um, you know, community member of the week. Let me tighten this uh, screen up a little. Because we're on here. I think we're ready to go. <laughs> All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? So uh, as Eric mentioned, we ran, we ran through the sponsors. Su super pumped about that. Um, this shirt is Bear versus Bear from uh, Anti-Siphon, RECA Publishing, if you will, if you're familiar with uh, the work that they're doing over there. Um, let me go ahead and play some music. Woo! I'm all sorts of discombobulated. Definitely appreciate Eric Taylor uh, and the mod team for coming quickly and swiftly to the rescue. <sighs> Business continuity executing perfectly. All right, guys. Yes, if you're in chat, hashtag Team SC. Let us know you're there. If it is your first episode, you may have <laughs> if it's your first episode, you probably left because you're like, what the hell? Sorry, Kennedy. You're like, what the heck is this dumpster fire? This thing's a hot mess express. All right, guys, I do want to say stay tuned to the mid-roll because it's community member of the week. And I am super pumped uh, for this week's community member. Many of you know him. And those who don't, you're going to get to know him. Uh, so hashtag first timer in chat if it's your first episode because we got a special emote and a special sound effect for you. As I settle back in, do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I am going to readjust and get back into the flow of things here. So let's go. All right, here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. 
These are the cybersecurity headlines for Monday, February 26th, 2024. I'm Steve Prentice. British police taunt Lockbit administrator. Following last Monday's takedown of Lockbit in cooperation with the FBI, Europol and other partners, Britain's National Crime Agency is now taunting an individual known as Lockbit Sup, S-U-P-P, purportedly the person behind the Lockbit account. Stating that this individual has already, quote, engaged with law enforcement, end quote, the force has been posting details about him using a similar style to how Lockbit taunted its victims, correcting some of his claims about where he lives and what kind of car he drives, and adding, quote, we know who he is, we know where he lives, and we know how much he is worth, end quote. Uh, all right. Regulators! Mauna! It was a... All right. So this, you know, okay. So check it out. This has been an ongoing story. I told you last week that this is the story that I am like eating popcorn, like Michael Jackson, just, Oh, I can't get enough of it. Um, and I, I love it honestly, because Lockbit has ravaged and just devastated victims for years. And you can see, you know, they were top tier uh, threat actor group, uh, as reported last week, they were working on a new version 4.0, if you will, on uh, an advanced encryption algorithm, much more difficult. And law enforcement, especially in the United States, DOJ, Department of State, they have released a, or they've put out a bounty, like it's the wild, wild west, uh, for any any information leading to the arrest of Lockbit administrators. Um, and, and they brought down the infrastructure, they com- they seized their assets. They, they got The noose is tightening, if you will, on this guy, okay? It's like Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive, which is a bit of a, 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 a callback to yesteryear. But if, you're, uh, if you know the movie The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones should have won an Academy Award for his performance in that movie. It was epic. And uh, they're, they're on the hunt. Now, do I like this particular aspect? I, I don't know, guys. Like... I don't know. To me, you tell me what you think. I do. I do. A, I'm a big advocate of like taking the higher road, being professional, being objective. Like the Lockbit did um, tease and taunt his victims. So that's what they're saying law enforcement's doing in this instance. Um, definitely psychological warfare by telling him. They know he dri- He claims to have drives a Lamborghini, but he drives a Mercedes. He claims to live in the Netherlands. He doesn't. Uh, they say they know where he is. They know what he's worth. Like, obviously, whoever Lockbit Sup is, is probably um, nervous, not sleeping well, anxious. I saw an uh, email or I saw a screenshot over the weekend of Lockbit Sup communicating to his um, community of users that basically... Um, he got lazy. Okay, this is in Lockbit Sup's own words. He got lazy and did not keep his uh, web server uh, patched. Uh, and it, there was a PHP flaw, a vulnerability that was uh, re- released in 2023 that he suspects was exploited to give law enforcement uh, activity. Now, for, for me saying um, lock, you know, law enforcement should take the higher road. That does not mean that I don't think law enforcement should exploit the hell out. Sorry, Kennedy, exploit a vulnerability on a comp on a web server, uh, effectively hacking into it, um, in order to take this individual down. And this is a gray murky area, right? Is, you know, it's a question for you to ask yourself, 
is law enforcement authorized to break in to a web server because they suspect that it is a criminal, um, it's the criminal's infrastructure, right? It's, it's kind of similar to like breaking into a warehouse because you suspect that the criminals are using it as like their base or their lab or whatever, right? So I think they um, have permission uh, to do that. All right. So again, the news is tightening. I think it'll just be a matter of time now. I, I suspect a few weeks. And um, yeah, Lockbit's up. Yeah, obviously, Lockbit's up doesn't subscribe to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief, or they would have known to patch it. Anyways, um, you know, we'll see where it is. I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get one of those ugly perp walk uh, videos of uh, Lockbit's up getting arrested by law enforcement. A lot of people looking for him. There's 15 million reasons why a friend or a family member might turn around and um, turn him in, right? So, uh, we're going to see this and I hope to God they make this as obviously uh, as as splashy and as popular and as public as possible to discourage other threat actors from taking action. OK, let's go. PayPal files patent for new stolen cookies detector. The technology behind the patent application can identify when a super cookie is stolen. In developing this technology, PayPal is seeking to take on hackers who steal cookies that contain authentication tokens that do not need valid credentials and which can bypass two-factor authentication. The company explained, quote, with stolen cookies often containing hashed passwords, the attacker can use a web browser on the attacker's computer to impersonate the user or an authenticated device thereof and gain access to secure information, end quote. All right. Way to go, PayPal. Obviously, um, obviously, PayPal wants your cookies. Little cookie monster. A little fun this morning uh, on a Monday morning as we're re-entering re, uh, the slipstream here of the Daily Threat Briefing. All right. So way, way to go, PayPal. Guys, um, you know, as more and more um, transactions are performed online all day, every day, there's PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. We've got credit cards, financial transactions all over the place. And guys, there's a reason that threat actors like uh, financial services and financial systems. It's because that's where the money is. Great cash, homie. Right? Exactly, Randy. So way to go, PayPal, uh, continuing to innovate, continuing to push it, um, development. And hopefully, you know, this can help deal with combating fraud. Uh, now, they're filing a patent, so it makes me wonder if, from an economic perspective, if PayPal is going to like license this to other places like Venmo and stuff, or PayPal is just going to hold on to it as a market advantage where like you're less likely to get com uh, fraud committed against you if you use PayPal versus uh, Venmo. I, I don't really know. Um, again, this is one of those like bizarre kind of um, coincidences because PayPal is not a software development company but they are investing in that. Tom Bishop from The Boot coming in, old blue badge here. Gerald Osher, Simply Cyber, something interesting is going on today. Onboarding with the University of Phoenix as a part-time adjunct professor for their cyber program. Heck yeah. We just become best friends. Yep. You know what? I'm going to consider that, Tom Bishop. I'm going to consider that uh, a new role. And you know what happens when people get new roles in the Simply Cyber community. I came in like a Yes, sir. Way to go, Tom Bishop. And shout out to any student who happens to get Tom Bishop as their instructor. The man is a delight. 
and quite knowledgeable. I love myself some Tom Bishop. Also, if you if you have not read Tom Bishop's story, go look him up on LinkedIn, Tom Bishop, and find his Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Amazing story. Great family man. Uh, pivoted into cyber with his kid as kind of a second career. Really, really inspiring story. All right, so PayPal, pushing the fold. Way to go, PayPal. I wish more companies innovated like this. Ending machine crash reveals face recognition technology. Students at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, are demanding answers after discovering that an M&M's branded smart vending machine had been apparently collecting facial recognition data. The discovery was made when the vending machine crashed and an error message on its screen stated, quote, invenda.vending.facialrecognitionapp.exe had failed to launch, end quote. According to Wired, one student noted that, quote, Invenda sales brochures promised that the machines are capable of sending estimated ages and genders of every person who used the machines without ever requesting a consent, end quote. The company responsible for installing and maintaining the vending machines on campus stated that the machines do not store photos, are not capable of facial recognition, and are GDPR compliant. They add, quote, the technology acts as a motion sensor that detects faces so that the machine knows when to activate the purchasing interface, end quote. Yeah, but does it really like, OK, so the argument here, dude, the argument here is that this vending machine and this is the actual screenshot of the vending machine showing the um, the error message, the Windows application error message. Um, the name of the binary that's running is literally invendia.vending.facialrecognitionapp.exe, which is a portable executable Windows binary standard format. Um, and it crashed. Bro, you're saying it's a it's a um it's a motion sensor? Nah, I don't know. It's called facial recognition app, you donkey. So I'm calling shenanigans on this one. Um, I hope you know this goes one step further. There's no reason. There's no reason now, unless it violates some terms. But I would imagine some security researcher is going to get their hands on this binary. There's no reason that a researcher can't decompile or disassemble this binary and discover exactly what it does. All right. Like there's you. There's really cool tools. We don't typically get deep into the into the weeds on this, but um, in order to do. Um, in order to do uh, like malware analysis and software exploitation, if you really want to go deep, like anyone can throw a, a binary into any dot run and run it and take a look at it for dynamic analysis. But if you want to go next level and decompile it and look at the actual uh, program and where what it does and how it works, and then you know find zero days in it if you if you want to go that way, Ida Pro is one such tool, and this is like a standard standard tool. Um, used by uh, malware analysts and security researchers. So uh, if you're interested, uh, just th this is a little bit of a more you know, like Ida Pro is definitely a good one. And then a couple years ago, the NSA released Ghidra, uh, which is another tool just like this. And a lot, I, a lot of people um, have come to really appreciate and enjoy Ghidra because Ghidra is actually uh, quite powerful, frankly, that where it allows multiple researchers to work on the same binary because it's like a client server um, software architecture. All right. So anyways, this isn't a deep dive nerd episode. This is a, a Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. But just if you're interested, come check those two out. So TLDR, there's no like 
this is going to turn out real ugly because the receipts are right here. They're going to decompile and look at this software and discover if it is, in fact, a motion sensor or it is facial recognition. Okay. And the fact that it can send data around age, gender, these type of things, bro, not cool. Now, for the for the people in chat who are like, hey, it's just a vending machine, who cares? Um, because today it's a vending machine, tomorrow it's um, you know, um um like a restaurant thing, or it's a concert thing, or it is a civil service thing, right? A public bus. Oh, you're not allowed on the public bus because you know you're whatever. Oh, now it turns into surveillance state where you know you have an outstanding parking ticket, and all of a sudden, like the you know law enforcement drops down on you, or you're not allowed to like access public services because you have an outstanding public uh, sir, uh, uh, speeding ticket or something, right? It's a slippery slope, guys. Okay, so that's that. Um, so, anyways, I, I, personally, I'm excited to see this because there's no question this isn't going to be analyzed. Uh, final thing I want to point out, um, I, you know, the Eminem woman here has the heels on. I know this was like a hot button topic here. I think she has flats now. They, they like d, they dehealed the female Eminem for reasons. I, I thought it was a little. Uh, out uh, crazy. I think maybe she has boots now or something. I don't know. I just, I just noticed the heels, which I thought was like deprecated at this point. So wanted to point that out. U-Haul announces another breach. The storage and moving company stated that a breach that occurred in December involved the data of about 67,000 customers in the U S and Canada. In a regulatory filing with the state of Maine, the company stated, quote, an unauthorized party used legitimate credentials to access a system that U-Haul dealers use to track reservations and view customer records, end quote. They explained that the breach data includes driver's license numbers and other identification card numbers, but did not involve the company's payment system. A similar breach of customers' information occurred between November 2021 and April 2022. In that breach, up to 2.2 million customers were affected. Uh, really quick, Trisha uh, brings up a good point too. Like who who made the vending machine, right? Uh, if it's taking picture of students at a specific university, you, you might be able to imply that like these are uh, potential, you know, computer scientists, rocket engineers, software technologists, whatever uh, in the future. And maybe you could target them if you have a long plan um, for espionage. All right. Thanks, Trisha, for that um, insight. All right. Hey, really quick. Good morning. I'm the fir first time here. Whoever that is on LinkedIn, it says unknown, as you can see on the stream. But welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. Um, so U-Haul gets breached again. Customers affected again. This is one of those things. Like we, I feel like we're so numb to this. Um, and by the way, really quickly, this is not good for our industry as cybersecurity professionals. Okay. So U-Haul gets breached. We, the users and customers of U-Haul are the consumers and the ones who are actually impacted by this, right? So it's our data that gets compromised. Payment system, not compromised. Employee data, not compromised. It's me, Valentino, Lazaro, Jane, Michelle, and Laura Flores' data that's compromised. And are we going to stop using U-Haul? Probably not. Is U-Haul going to send us a token letter saying that they take our privacy seriously? And here's a free one-year uh, uh, identity theft protection to throw on the tire fire of identity theft protections that we have stacked up? Yep. Okay. So 
why I say this is not good for our industry is because if you're working in information security at U-Haul and you're like, hey, listen, we got hit again, business. Can I please have some resources to secure our assets? The CFO, CEO might look at this and say, Q4 numbers are still up, buddy. We're not losing any market share. Why should I invest in information security, a cost center, meaning it doesn't generate revenue for the business, a cost center, when it doesn't matter, brah, it doesn't matter. Like So this is not good for us uh, as practitioners. If you do need a relevant story um, to show that systems can be breached, uh, this is a good one. Obviously, um, U-Haul is a publicly traded company, so they had to disclose this. Um, everybody knows U-Haul, right? So even non-tech people know U-Haul, so you can use that. Um, and it says they use legitimate credentials to access a system, meaning that there was very likely no multi-factor authentication. Also means very likely it had a crappy password. And it also means very likely that it allowed, um, you can't really uh, protect from reused passwords. But anyways, can we please in 2024 have multi-factor authentication as a standard practice for crying out loud? All right, let's go. And now a word from our sponsor, Egress. People are the biggest risk to your organization's security and they are most vulnerable when using email. With more advanced threats getting through secure email gateway detection every day, Egress provides AI-powered email security that eliminates both inbound phishing attacks and outbound data breaches. What's more, Egress's adaptive security architecture personalizes security for each user based on their real-time risk score. Visit egress.com, that is E-G-R-E-S-S.com, to learn more about Egress's intelligent cloud email security suite and start detecting email threats your secure email gateway is missing today. All right. everybody we got up to a bumpy start but i feel like we've reached cruising altitude at thirty-five thousand. the captain has turned off the seatbelt light feel free to move around the cabin if you're getting enjoyment from the show whether it's educational value or entertainment value do me a solid and hit that like button hit that like button and let other people know about simply cyber's daily cyber threat brief we're straight crushing it every single morning by hitting the like button you can trigger the youtube algorithm and let other people know what's cracking over here. Want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade, Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. I know Eric did a wonderful job of mentioning them, but I just want to let you know Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. With their technology and their education system, they, can, they offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and my favorite part, engage in the community, just like the Simply Cyber community. Very supportive, very inclusive, very awesome. I love anti-siphon training. Go to antisiphontraining.com and check them out. Guys, let me tell you about the Simply Cyber community challenge. I'm not sure who has the baton right now because of all the disruptive hot mess express that was happening this morning. But I want to let you know, oh, it's Sebazot. Sebazot, yes, I saw Sebastian's post in um, LinkedIn. Guys, listen, 
go if you want to like blow up your uh, LinkedIn network and get professional network value, go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag simply cyber community challenge, find Sebazot's post and comment on it. I did it myself. I reposted it. Great story. Love connecting with members of the Simply Cyber community. You can too for five minutes a day. Just go search, comment on the post and connect with them. It's simple as that. All right. Now, if Seba Zod is in chat, let me see if he is. Seba, he is. Tag someone, my bud. Seba Zod's going to ask someone if they want the baton. If you would like to take on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, raise your hand right now. Share your story on LinkedIn. Why do you love cybersecurity? Why are you in this industry? What's your story? Where'd you come from? It's how I found out about Tom Bishop's story, right? So, Seba Zod, pass the baton. Get out there, get after it, and let's holler. It's all about good times. Guys, every single day of the week has a special segment. Every single day of the week has a special segment. And Mondays is Simply Cyber Community Member of the Day. And I teased it at the intro, but you guys couldn't hear it because I was a mess. But I want you to say hello to Marcus Kyler, Detroit's own Marcus Kyler, also chairman of the Yeet Crew. Guys, I've had the opportunity to get to meet Marcus in person. Marcus is regularly delivering value, engaging with the community, sharing sharing resources, just bringing a really positive energy and a positive attitude to the Simply Cyber community, to his LinkedIn network, to the cybersecurity community in general. I love myself some Marcus Kyler. So please say hello to the community member of the week, Marcus Kyler. Also super smart guy, double E, uh, electrical engineer, not an easy degree to get. One of the hardest ones I've seen. All right, let's do our la 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 la's. Good times. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Canadian Federal Police investigating cyber attack as its website remains down. Canada's National Police Force, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, or RCMP, has launched a criminal investigation into a cyber event, which, as of this recording, still involves its main website being offline, replaced with a 404 page. The attack occurred on Friday, and although few details are currently available, a spokesperson for the police force described the attack as, quote, alarming, end quote. All right, hold on. I'm sorry. I was uh, texting on the baton. Trevor, Trevor Greensian saying he's got an interview tomorrow for a solutions analyst position. Love it. Trevor, would you like the baton so you can share your Simply Cyber story with the simply cyber community or share your story with the simply cyber oh hold on malik yavuz malik says they'll take it holla 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 love it all right let's go all right so canadian federal police say they were targeted by a cyber attack dude canada's been getting some shade throw on it a little heat um they said that they're they were targeted by an alarming cyber attack but there was no impact uh, to operations. Okay, guys, here's the deal. Uh, Canada, they've had a couple um, data breaches recently that have made the news. Um, they don't go into much detail here. All they say was a, an alarming cyber attack, quote unquote. Guys, let me tell you, 
this, okay? First of all, yes, quite possible they had an attack and quite possible they had a really good rate of boom, i.e. detect, respond, recover uh, capabilities. And, you know, way to go, uh, uh, Royal Mountain Canadian Police. I'm sure your SOC analysts, let's pour a little bit out for the SOC analysts at the Royal Mountain Canadian Police because they probably worked over the weekend uh, because that's the downside of SOC analysts differ incident response. You don't get to pick and choose your work hours because threat actors don't care about your work hours. They don't care about your plans, your weekend, your holidays. They don't care about that. Okay. Now, I also want to point out that if you've ever stood up a honeypot on the internet, it gets hit all the time. Like within five minutes, it's getting poked and prodded and hit. Legit services like Google and Shodan are constantly scanning the internet. Threat actors are constantly scanning the internet. So an alarming cyber attack that didn't impact operations and no threat to safety, it could have just been a poke and prod with a you know Metasploit framework and they're reporting it. Unlikely that it was that simple. Uh, but since there's really no intel here, it's it's um it's hard to understand. They said a breach of this magnitude is alarming, uh, and quick work and mitigation strategies put in place helped detect and prevent these type of threats. Uh, well, it didn't prevent this one. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> All right. Let me just do this really quickly. Um, this is a lot of you already know this one, but this is a little bit of the more you know kind of situation. I'll spend just a hot minute on this, right? So most people, this is the NIST cybersecurity framework. I heart NIST, by the way. That's If you're a squad member, you'll see that in the emo tray. There's a reason it's there because NIST is freaking awesome. All right, so check it out. With NIST, um, when you build an information security program, and my GRC people, where are you at? You These are the five kind of capabilities, right? Identify and protect. The blue and purple are left of boom. Boom is bad. Boom is an incident. Boom is a breach. Left of boom, you got all day, every day to set left of boom up. Detect, respond, and recover. Right of boom, this is what happens when bad has happened and you're doing dealing with it. Right of boom, you have time to set it up, but the execution of it's what is important. A lot of people, if you've ever, ever worked in information security for a minute and you've worked on the GRC side, okay? Left of boom gets stacked up all the time. Right of boom is usually weaker, okay? So if you look at this from left to right, if you were to do an assessment on a, on a business, It'll look like um, it'll look like a curve that's like high on the left and then goes down. It looks like a ski slope. Usually, the recover is like really low, the response really low, and the, and then detects kind of low, and then protect is high, and then identify is higher. Okay, so for the Royal Mountain Police to respond quickly and have no impact to operations, that means that their red and green blocks were solid. Way to go! Don't sleep on respond and recover, okay? A lot of people think it's just like you snap your fingers and you're back up, and that is not the case. Remember, I flipped out on a fictitious IT administrator named Kevin last week for not you know, dealing with tabletop exercises. A lot of people think, oh, I'll just hit a button and restore from backups. No, what's the order of restoration? Does everyone know how to restore from backups? Or do you have a communication tree? What if you're on vacation, Kevin, right? Exactly. Okay. I don't know why, Kevin, but <laughs> okay. See, co-founder loses millions in crypto theft. The co-founder of the blockchain game Axie Infinity and of the Ronin Network, Jeff Zerlin, has announced that two of his personal crypto wallets have been hacked, resulting in losses of nearly $10 million worth of Ethereum. 
Zerlin confirmed that Ronin network operations were not affected. This loss comes two years after the Lazarus Group stole over $600 million from Axie, 5% of which was later recovered by Chainalysis working with law enforcement. Oh, wow. Hold on. First of all, I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Our very own Charles Finfrock, crypto evangelist. Um, okay, so Axie co-founder. Axie is one of these bridges uh, that allows you to like basically tran uh, transfer crypto from exchanges to exchanges and from one type to another. That's my understanding of it, right? So on the blockchain, again, I'm not an expert on this, but there's like different blockchains out there. There isn't like one to rule them all. And when you go from one blockchain to another, there's a mechanism to do it. And this is what this bridge does. This particular individual, the guy behind it, his personal wallet got stolen. So this is the equivalent of like the CEO of Bank of America having their their wallet stolen, right? Like it's just a coincidence that he happens to be um, involved in a crypto exchange, right? It could have been anyone who got hit. Um, so it's noteworthy, I suppose, because um, he's uh, well-known in the crypto space and it's his personal wallet. Bro, he, I, I'm really, really confused about this. Let me tell you a couple things here. First of all, one, if you remember Lazarus Group, North Korea's uh, own two years ago, stole $600 million from the Axie Infinity Ronin Bridge, okay? Um, the fact that law enforcement got some of the money back through chain, with Chainalysis, a company that can read the blockchain very effectively, uh, is impressive. I did not know about that. So shout out and win to law enforcement for recovering that money. But dude, you would think when you get hit for $600 million, you would think that that would leave a metal taste in your mouth, like a very, very solid, crappy bleh, taste in your mouth where you would be like over the moon secure with your um, crypto. And for, got, for this guy to get his wallet stolen, basically, and lose $10 million worth of Ethereum because he was hacked really is gross. Now, they don't go into details on what happened. So I don't know if, um, I don't know if he had a crappy password. I don't know if he was using multi-factor. I don't know if he, if it was like a platform issue or if it was his wallet issue, whatever it was, it sucks. Someone robbed him that probably, you know, they might be able to find the individual who did this simply because, um, it is on the blockchain so they can, they can absolutely track where the money goes at some point. At some point, you have to cash out and get it into actual uh, tangible fiat that can be used in global economy. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but this is really just like one individual getting robbed for $10 million. Not really that big a deal. I mean, it's a big deal for this guy. And $10 million is life-changing to me. But like, it's just a dude who got his wallet picked. Medical device maker announces breach from last year. Rotech, R-O-T-E-C-H, an Orlando-based national provider of home medical equipment and services, has issued a statement that says that some of its customers may have been impacted by a cybersecurity breach experienced by its partner Philips, specifically its Respironics unit. According to Reuters, a Respironics, which sells breathing devices and ventilators to treat sleep apnea, was, quote, made aware on June 5th of a privacy incident where an unauthorized third party exploited software to access information stored on its server, end quote. A second breach apparently related to a move-it transfer occurred in December. Details about which patients may have been impacted have not yet been provided.
All right. So um, a company that specializes in patients who have sleep apnea has a data breach. Don't worry. Uh, the victims will probably sleep through it. Oh, all right. Again, you know, just like the U-Haul, um, just like the U-Haul breach, a bunch of victims are the actual consumers of this company, not really the company. Um, this was through, you know, I think this is due to the Move It breach. If you remember, the Move It breach was uh, exploited heavily by the Clop ransomware group last year to the point where it was almost like overwhelming for Clop ransomware. They haven't even like, Clop ransomware is like, uh, just indulged with so much data that they they kind of like disappeared for a little bit uh, simply because they're like overwhelmed with the amount of data still uh, that they stole and 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 you know uh, recovering from it. All right, so list of patients with sleep apnea. Uh, sleep apnea, at least in the United States, I know several people who have sleep apnea. I know several people who have like that you know a Darth Vader mask thing or you know it looks like a, a something a pilot would wear in a fighter jet. Like I, I know tons of people with those things. Uh, I'm super glad that there's technology that allows people to get sleep. I'm a huge, I'm a huge philosophically. I'm a huge advocate of the importance of sleep and the uh, the ability for sleep to make you um, think clearly and be effective. Um, so whatever. But you know, this company got hit. Um, you know, you know, the one thing that's worth noting here: you may be impacted. Right. Just again, privacy and security is important. Here's life identity theft protection for the tire fire. I need like a, do we need like a, um, can I get a, I think we, we, we might almost need a, um, a, a standard emote here for tire fires. Um, oh, there's really no good animated GIFs. Um, whatever. Anyways, I was looking for a tire fire, uh, GIF. Um, this is a third party hit, right? So um, Rotec didn't do anything wrong. Phillips didn't do anything wrong. Some third party that's involved with them did something wrong. And because you've engaged in this business with them, then you know, you you you've adopted the risk. But again, again, like, you know what kills me? It's 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 like we're we're numb to this at this point, right? So Orlando-based Rotex said in a statement um, that this company had a, a breach and you know your data was impacted. And now we're on to the next thing. Apple announces post-quantum cryptographic protocol for iMessage. Named PQ3, the technology is designed to protect against quantum attacks. The number three in the name refers to level three security, currently the most secure protocol for messaging apps. Post-quantum computing refers to developments that have followed the initial introduction of quantum computers. Apple says PQ3, quote, has the strongest security properties of any at-scale messaging protocol in the world, end quote. Support for PQ3 will start to roll out with the public releases of iOS and iPadOS 17.4, Mac OS 14.4 and watch OS 10.4. Remember to. All right. So from a privacy perspective, right. You know, there, so really quickly, um, privacy as an information security professional, we do deal with the privacy side of the house from time to time. 
there's overlap like a Venn diagram. Okay. Like, you know, like a Venn diagram at the center, there's overlap usually around the confidentiality security objective, get your old CIA triad action in here, but we are not directly responsible for all privacy things. Just so you know, there is things in privacy that are outside the scope of information security. Like I, as a practitioner, don't care about, um, like the privacy objectives of an organization. I care about my own personal privacy, but things like, um, being able to request that your data be redacted or removed from a data set. That's not an information security objective. That's a privacy office objective. Okay. So this update is all privacy related. Now iMessage and Apple, they are huge privacy advocates, right? They, they, they are always like, um, touting that privacy is important to them. Um, there's some famous case study around when the FBI wanted a backdoor. I mentioned it last week. Okay. So this is how they're doing a post-quantum computing um, security for their apps. Now, I do find it interesting. Obviously, um, Apple is going to uh, promote the crap out of this because they definitely spent a lot of money on this one. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Now, what, what I think is an interesting flex here is that you can see the red. It says no end and encryption by default. I'm kind of surprised to see Telegram in there, honestly. But um, then level one is end to end encryption by default. And we see WhatsApp in there and Signal, previously Signal. Now, here's the thing. Level two, Signal, which is the app if you're into privacy uh, for messaging, right? Like anyone that's really anyone that is into privacy, um, We'll use Signal, right? Like there's a lot of people I know, I use Signal. There's a lot of people I interact with on Signal uh, because of its security properties. And iMessage with this massive flex is basically saying, we are secure, more secure than Signal. That That's what I took out of this because Signal is touted as like the privacy messaging app. And uh, uh, Apple's like, oh, that's cute. Hold my beer, Signal. And now they've got this. It's noteworthy that both of them are post-quantum cryptography um, secure. Now, you might say, like, what, what's that matter? Um, here's the deal. In a post-quantum world, any information that was secured with quantum, um, pre-quantum computing encryption algorithms, right? Like classic cryptography algorithms, even, even AES and such, can be break, broken, right? Or presumably broken. So what that means is um, there's a harvest now, in, uh, decrypt later kind of activity going on. And it's it's widely believed that first world powers like China, the United States, et cetera, are harvesting massive amounts of data because um, hard drives are cheap, storage is cheap, and just waiting until uh, um, quantum computers, computers get a little bit more accessible and then just hacking all the things with quantum computers. All right. So that's, what's up with that. So, um, if you're interested in privacy, if you're doing really sensitive stuff, you may want to consider this for your own personal messaging apps, right? You're not running a business through signal, right? Like this is how you're messaging people. Let's go. Register for a super cyber gate. Oh boy. We're over 500 people this morning. Way to go, everybody. Hell Yeah. Not bad. Hey, not bad for a show that like uh almost like like the show this morning took off like a fighter jet off an aircraft carrier, but it didn't have enough uh acceleration, so it almost went into the ocean. Eric Taylor hopped in, pulled the pulled the joystick or whatever they call that thing back, the yoke, pulled it back, pivoted up. We went like a bat out of Hades straight up. I hopped back into the pilot seat and look at us just straight crushing it. 
Love it, love it, love it. Four ninety nine. Did I just upset two people? Bro, you're killing me. Let's go. Show Friday. We've got two competing teams. All right. If you were here just for the news, uh, shout out and thank you to you. Before you go, let me tell you a couple quick things. One is going to be an absolute face melter. Guess what? Later this week on Thursday, John Hammond, you know this guy. Uh, he's been, he's he, John Hammond. He's like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I feel like I'm a nice guy and I'm a complete D compared to John Hammond. John Hammond is unbelievably kind uh, with his time and with his knowledge. He's super smart. He's going to come on for a fireside chat. If you don't know what a fireside chat is, it's basically all about good times. It's a hangout. We're going to talk to him about this new company that him and Nahamsek stood up, figure out what it's all about. Talk to John about his upcoming conference schedule, where you can get him, and that maybe the connect, uh, screen connect vulnerability that he just covered in deep, deep detail with Huntress earlier this week. All right. Now, shout out to Marcus Kyler again for um, for his uh, community member of the week. And uh, yeah, all about good times, guys. I want to uh, thank you all for being here. If you got value from the show, hit a like on your way out. If you want to hang out, we are going to be doing a cool AMA style um, set section called jaw jacking. So if you'd like to have your questions answered, what cert to get, what job to do, whatever, anything, or if you just want to hang out with good people, do stay tuned um, as we pivot into jaw jacking. Otherwise, have a great Monday. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Jaw Jack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy, coming hot off the heels of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's do some Ask Me Anything situations. If you guys want, I hope you had a great, great Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. I myself played a boatload of Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm I'm like, I'm addicted to it. Seriously, I, I've been... Uh, I've been burning out uh, a bit lately. I've kind of been open about this. Um, you know, I've got work to do, so I've still got to work, but I've been burning out. And so instead of working all weekend like I normally do, um, I took the weekend off. I went for a bike ride with the family. I played with my uh, my kids. I played soccer. And I played a ton of Magic the Gathering Arena. So get up on that. What's up? So what? how's everyone doing? Get these questions flowing in chat. If you got any questions, I'm happy to answer them if you want to just hang out. I'm happy to high five with you too. Dave Robbins, I love it. J uh, John Hammond and him at Wild West Hacking Fest. Yeah, John. John's always wandering around. Super cool. Good to see you, Amish Runaway. Always nice. Have a good day, Thomas Marquette. We'll see you later. All right, Mark C says automation coming for your jobs. AI will replace even coding and cloud-based networking will also tear down part of the industry workforce, potentially. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Still City. You know, hey, work doesn't have to be boring. We can have fun with work, right? What's up, Medine G? Good to see you. Kenny, Kenny MC's Dr. Smooth has entered the chat. Hell yeah. Jonathan Lindsay.
Yeah, Valentino. Yeah, so I still have the SC Cafe. Um, that's a different YouTube channel. We're, I'm, I'm still playing around with that. I've got a lot going on with us standing up the new um, podcast. we got two cyber chicks. Uh, Finn Frock's got his threats and opportunities. What the Frock uh, coming out soon. And then uh, Cyber Stars is wrapping season one. Miss mm, Julian's been trying to send me some MTG arena codes. Please definitely do it. Uh, do I have a favorite set? No, I don't know enough about it, uh, Miss Julian, yet. But I will tell you, I've been doing a lot of murders at Karlov Manor um, decks. Um, Justin Gold told me that Wilds of Eldraine are really good. So any anything's cool. I do play standard, though. So, All right, so Lazaro Rivera says, Good morning, Dr. Osher. Hope all is well. Do you know about NDR, Network Detection and Response? I saw an article from the Hacker News. Curious your opinion. Thank you. I'll answer that in one second. Robert Cooper with a super chat. We just become best friends. Robert yep. Cooper jumping in here. Had an interview for a vulnerability analyst on Thursday. Moved on to the next step, which is a test project. Which is a uh, test project. Good job, Robert Cooper. Straight awesome. I wish you the very best. Keep us informed. Uh, vulnerability analyst. I will tell you, uh, Robert Cooper, if you want... If you want Robert Cooper, um, hold on. I got to change the screen that I'm looking at. If you want Robert Cooper, check this out. Um, uh, Robert, I made this course. Um, it's free to take with XM Cyber, but it is uh, around exposure management, which is kind of like the evolution of vulnerability management. I don't know how much time you have, but if you take this course, which Robert, it's free. If you take this course, um, it will help you in an interview for vulnerability management analyst. I promise. I promise you. You'll. You, you might even destroy the interview. Take advantage of this free resource, Robert. Please, if you have the time. All right. So Lazaro asked about network detection and response. NDR. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. So let me take a look at it. Cisco's got some NDR solutions. I mean, to me, this is just, um, is this basically just like intrusion detection systems? Um, like looking at network telemetry passing through your firewall or passing through your network switches for like anomalous east-west traffic, north-south traffic. Um, if I had to guess, and again, uh, Lazaro, BSEC might know better in chat. Let me see if he's got it. BSEC's not in chat right now. If I had to guess, Lazaro, this is basically just a um, an outfit change for a traditional um, incident, like SOC analyst telemetry um, review in a sim, right? Maybe a little bit of um, machine learning and a little bit of AI to detect uh, behaviors that are anomalous, but normally when we, there's two things, right? You can either look at a host or you can look at the network. Like when you're looking for bad in your environment, you either look on the host, like a windows box, or you look on the network, right? And the only way you can look at the network is using network traffic to analyze it and how in that. So if you push it through some type of uh, smart switch or smart router, smart firewall, whatever that can say, okay, like we're seeing this, this, and this, Jerry's computer should not be talking to Lazaro's computer. This is anomalous. Let's begin to investigate. But guys, and Lazaro, this, as far as I know, again, please correct me in chat if I'm incorrect. 
this is this is this is this is standard practice like they just renamed it ndr maybe from a marketing perspective but like this isn't a new innovative approach this is like what we've been doing for years all right let's keep going um jesse johnson in chat good to see you all right eric taylor says get p caps or else that's right p caps or packet captures you can use TCP dump, Wireshark. Mo I, I feel like most um, net real like professional network engineers will use TCP dump. They'll jump on a box and uh, just run to capture some network traffic, and then they're out. Uh, Kimberly can fix it, modding it up here. Uh, Habib says he did research on Firewalla router. You recommend it? Thank you. Yep, no problem. As far I have not used Firewalla, uh, but I will tell you that I know people that have used it, and it's very, very uh like point and click right it's very it's a very easy to set up that's that's part of its gist is that it's super easy to set up um so check it out maybe actually you know what i might i might get one of these and like check it out they're a little pricey though bro 359 i guess you know what what what's what's it matter to you to be protected i use uh a network security gateway by uh, Ubiquity for my technology stack from my firewall. So I don't really need one of these, but it would be interesting to investigate it. Glad it helped out, Habib. Uh, Jay and Michelle says, can you cut all the jawjacking from Prasvids and load them over onto the cafe? Actually, that's a great idea, Jay and Michelle. Um, that would That is a bulk load of work, uh, but one that maybe I can, I can either get somebody on Fiverr to do, or if, you know, if somebody wants to work on a project with me, um, I can certainly, if someone's got access to the resources to be able to quickly carve out, I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard. I could give you the files and you just literally go to where jawjacking starts and cut, like cut it and then save it as a new file. That I, if someone wants to do that, I would love to do it. I would love to make jawjacking available. Thank you for the idea. In fact, I'm going to write it down. Uh, J.E. and Michelle. Thank you. Jawjacking. Nicole had a, a request for a video on a takedown request the other day, too, which I thought was really cool. Jawjacking carve. Carve out. Cool. Thank you for the idea. Love it. Love it. Love it. Is call forwarding an actual hack? SMS and OTP vulnerable. SMS, uh, short message um, S, I think. <laughs> Um, it's basically text messaging. And then OTP is one-time password. Call forwarding a hack. I don't does I don't think text messages do call forwarding. Call forwarding is basically where you call a number and then it routes that number to somewhere else. I do not think that text messaging does call forwarding. Um, now, I will say if you have a multi-factor authentication with a phone call, then call forwarding could be a hack because if I get into your phone without your knowledge and I schedule or I configure your phone to forward phone calls to my phone, then essentially that's kind of like SIM swapping, kind of, except in you, you, you wouldn't know that you were SIM swapped. You wouldn't know because you'd still have access to your service. You could still make phone calls, but you would um, not be getting phone calls. So that's the only kind of hack I could see to circumvent multi-factor authentication. I also want to point out that the phone call, I think personally, is just an awful um, multi-factor authentication. 
um, just so you know. No, Jay and Michelle, you're 100% accurate. It is an excellent place for the jawjacking episodes. I, I love the idea. It, it's, it's really a question of time. Uh, Marcus Kyler wants to know if the Fin Frog pod's going to be live only. Uh, no, Marcus. My understanding is that Charles wants to... Um, well, I, he doesn't know what he wants, honestly. Like he, he partially wanted to go live, and then he partially wanted to do recorded videos. Um, as soon as Cyber Starters wraps, we're wrapping Cyber Starters tomorrow for the uh, season one. Um, maybe I'll, I'll refocus on getting Finfrock up and running. I'm, I'm, my focus is now turning heavily towards uh, Late Night with Jerry. Uh, so that's kind of my main focus right now. Uh, Net Setup says, recently got a job in change management as a result of following Simply Cyber. Thanks, but I'm having an issue trying to understand different types of traffic. What is management traffic? Okay, first of all, Net Setup. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, Jay and Michelle, I mean, Net Setup says, what is uh, management traffic and different types of traffic? All right, so a couple things. One, traffic is just traffic, okay? So network traffic is two computers talking to each other, packets flying across the wire. You get frames, you get uh, segments, right? Like if you want to go up and down the uh, network stack, right? TCP, I, TCP IP Illustrated, right? Get your old 80s Playboy fold out. Um, but management traffic, um, typically when you're going to manage um, a device, you might have a separate um, interface to go into it for management because obviously management of a device is a privileged permission. You want to uh, be able to access it if the network is experiencing issues, kind of out of band management of those things. So you will have management interfaces and management um, traffic in that instance, but it's really, it's all network traffic. You're still sending packets across the wire. So hopefully that clarifies some stuff. Uh, Nerman with a super chat. We just become best friends. Yep. Dr. Osier, what do you think about Acid Finder tool developed by Tom Nom Nom? Thank you. I haven't played with it, but uh, let's pull it up. I will tell you, Tom Nom Nom. Um, if Tom Nom Nom wrote a tool, then it is awesome. Um, Tom Nom Nom, he's been on the channel before. He is a security practitioner out of Europe. I believe he's in England. Um, he, he has a GitHub repo. I'm going to drop this in chat. He has a GitHub repo and his tools are phenomenal. Love, love it. All right. Um, okay. Let's, let's do this really quickly. Nerman, right? Let's do this. Can we do this? I, I don't even know if I have go installed on my machine. Do I have go installed on my machine here? Let's do this really quickly. Yeah, I don't have Go on my machine, so I can't. I was going to test it right now, but I can't. Um, go install. Oh, okay. Let's try this. Hold on. Go install. Oh, my God, bro. All right, I can't do this in real time, Norman. I, I don't. I, I'll, I'll play with it, though. I am interested. Um, so I, I haven't played with it. I can't give you a definitive uh, response, but what I can tell you is that Tom Nom Nom is top notch. So it's, I, I would believe that it's an awesome tool until proven otherwise. And I will, um, I'll be back on Wednesday for, um, 
jawjacking, and I'll have this set up. I'll take a note right now to set this up. Asset finder. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll set it up and then I'll go on Hacker One. I'll find some um, opted in domain and I'll run it against it and we'll have a little look, should we? All right. Uh, can we have Nick Barker a victory? Yes. Nick Barker passed his sec plus. Yes, sir. Nick Barker. Guys, Nick Barker is basically the spirit animal for Simply Cyber's community. That, that man is the personification of good times, good vibes, good people. I love myself some Nick Barker. If you get a chance to meet Nick Barker, absolutely take advantage of it. I hope he comes to Wild West Hackenfest next year. I don't know if he's in chat right now, but congratulations, Nick Barker, on your continued uh, professional development and straight up crushing it. Um, for Faraz, uh, Faraz Azari says, I'm taking a bachelor's at Sands and I need to choose three to four modules. Would you recommend specializing in one area straight away or taking a class in each section? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. All right. So what I would say is, uh, honestly, I would do, um, if it were me, I would do uh, a couple different areas, right? Here, here's what I have found in my experience with higher education. Okay. I, you know, I don't do digital forensics professionally, but I've taken a digital forensics course. I've used FTK. I've played with things. I've pulled data out. I've done network packet captures and carve up files and, or carve files out of them and stuff like that. I don't use that skill that I've developed. I know how to hack into things. I don't use those skills, but they allow me to be a way better cybersecurity professional because I have perspective over the entire kind of ecosystem. And I'm able to stand up here and have comments and thoughts on really all different things because I've explored many areas. So Faraz Azari, it's a personal choice, but what I would do is I would sample the buffet because I, I don't think spending time working on something that you're not going to be a specialist in isn't wasted time and wasted value because it will inform whatever area you do specialize in long-term. So I think that there that's what I would do. Plus you might find something that you absolutely fall in love with and you know you wouldn't have found it if you hadn't explored the other areas. All right. Uh, BSEC chimes in and says, next-gen firewalls hold packet captures or dump them to a log. Very nice. So no surprise here. Practitioners for years have had to jump on and save off. Uh, PCAPs, it makes total sense that modern firewalls would capture them automatically. They probably have some like rolling uh, save, rolling deletes, maybe 30 days they capture or something like that. Or you push it off to a uh, network storage. Uh, John Hammond just dropped a new video. We'll take a look at that in a hot minute. Uh, Marco Polo says, what are three good projects to put on my resume for GRC analyst? Ooh, very good question. All right. Um, so BSEC says, write a policy, do an audit. I a hundred percent agree with that. So Marco Polo, listen, if you're a GRC analyst, the work you're going to be doing is talking to the business, um, doing surveys of information security, like, you know, responding to, you know, like what's your information security here? doing audits and risk assessments and doing uh, end user awareness training. So for a project, like BSEC said, write an information security policy, um, 
put like get a blog, get it a personal space or whatever, put it there, outline what like where the value is. You could even write like three or four policies, right? Like think about this. This is like a um, you know, 1000 IQ play. Write a couple different policies, document each one, how you did it, what you did, bundle them together in an archive, make it a downloadable from a Google Drive store, and call it a free small business information security policy starter kick kit and and just make it available post about it share it give it as a resource away right i'm not i'm not talking about lead magnets i'm not talking about selling something but if you make that available you can a point to it easily people will know about it people that are in businesses that don't know they need policy but don't know where to get it will use yours right you can put your uh, contact information in the policies themselves you might even get a job because of it right but at a minimum, you'll be able to not just point to policies that you've written, but you can talk about, like, say you're in an interview and they're like, well, you know, we're right around a policy. What if you don't want policy? You'd be like, oh, like I actually wrote a whole bunch of policies and I, I've, you know, there's many businesses that are using my policies right now. Um, I think that that's a really compelling um, interview answer to a question. Um, another one, BSEC says, do an audit. I agree with that. Grab Grab any framework, NIST CSF, CIS 18, it doesn't matter. Go volunteer at your church, at a local business. If your friend's got a business, you could even you could even do it for your home network if you really wanted to be serious about it, but do that um, as um, as an AI, uh, as an AI. Do, Jesus, Jerry. Shall we play a game? Do that as an, um, as an experience. And again, document it, make it available. Um, I will say with an audit or a risk assessment, the results are sensitive, so do not post those online, right? So, like, say you do an audit on your home, and you're like, oh, the, the internet-facing router is grossly behind patches, and you make that publicly available. You're basically um, <laughs> you're basically uh, pulling down your pants and running backwards through a cornfield. You will get stuck eventually, so don't, don't, don't do that, okay? But you can point to it. You can redact the findings, etc. And then, of course... End user awareness training. If you've done my GRC analyst masterclass, I show you exactly how to make compelling, effective behavior modifying information security awareness content. Make a bunch of those, put those online, share them, bundle them up and make it part of your small business starter kit. Done and done. All right, what else we got up in here? Jamin19920 says, why is it so hard to get a job in cyber? I've got Sec Plus, Google Cyber, working on Microsoft Cyber, and still can't get callbacks. Okay, so two things with you, J-Man. First of all, keep grinding. If you're not getting callbacks, there's a problem with your resume. Okay? I, I'm, I'm trying to be blunt and, um, you know, helpful here, okay? Typically, if you don't get callbacks, there's a problem with the resume, now, having uh, Cyber, uh, CompTIA, uh, Sec Plus, and Google Cert are good, but those are not key differentiators, okay? Um, if Like, you're applying to jobs through the front door, so obviously um, you need a more compelling resume. J-Man, I would encourage you to also definitely, definitely try to um, <clears throat> um, network within the community and find opportunities that way. Uh, J-Man, based on my comment about your resume, what I would strongly recommend is, um, I would recommend this. I've got a video for that. Obviously, that's one of my favorite things to say. 
Um, check it out. Um, resume chat GPT. BSEC said this the other day on stream. Whatever jobs you're applying to, you should kind of have a resume for that specific job teed up. I'm dropping this video in chat right now, J-Man, okay? This video will show you how to take your resume, okay? Here's the deal. Find the job you want, right? Like, let's let's do this really quickly. Live demo. I'm sure this will, this will go well. Um, GRC. Oh, my God, bro. GRC analyst job. All right. Come on. All right. So here's a job at Lock and McLeod in Colorado. Okay. So look at this. About this job. I'm literally just going to copy and paste it. Okay. Let me do this really quickly. Got some stuff. All right. So... Like based on, this is ChatGBT. So based on this position, okay, J-Man, copy and paste it all in there, right? And, and my resume, and then um, you'd want to, here, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm literally going to do this live on stream right now because I want you to see it. Uh, give me a second as I open these things up. I haven't, ha like my resume is definitely dated. I haven't, this is like such a nerdy thing, but like I haven't had to use a resume in a few years, which is awesome. Um, but I don't like, I, I'm not even sure where it is exactly. Give me one second. This is going to be worth it, bro. Why? Why? Ugh. Okay. So check it out. E e All right. Let's shortcut this even better. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Here we go. Dude, I'm telling you, I have no patience. Okay. Oh, Joe Hudson. All right. So here we go. And then let me see. Where's my, let's do this. Okay. And then I'm going to copy and paste all this. Okay. And my LinkedIn profile says this. Copy paste. Write me a resume for this job that is compelling and shows value and gets me an interview. Okay. Okay. Doink. Okay. Thank you. And now ChatGPT is going to go ahead and write me a compelling resume. And it's simple as that, right? Obviously, you're going to have to edit it a little bit. It says 15 years of experience. That's not accurate. But, like, you get it, right? That's what I would do, J-Man. Hopefully that helps. All right. Kathy Chambers is in the house, and she can cut jaw-jacking clips? Let's go. Kathy Chambers, not only uh, a wonderful human, an amazing professional, um, and you know, wanting to help with, uh, simply cyber. So thank you, Kathy. I would absolutely like to take you up on that. Also shout out to Kathy Chambers and Jack Scott, who worked together last week at ACI learning, really enjoyed watching their, uh, journey together all last week. Thanks for documenting that the way you guys did. It was very cool. All right. Continuing down the AMAs. Um, anyone have a take on NVIDIA CEO saying coding's outdated and the miracle of AI will eliminate it. 
Um, hmm, interesting. Uh, I can see that, but dude, like, I don't know. Here's my thing, right? We have had calculators for 40 years. We don't just tell, we don't tell kids like, oh, you don't have to learn math anymore because there's calculators. So I don't know. I think maybe understanding programming would be valuable. Uh, hey, Jerry, is Pwn email reversible? I don't know what that, uh, I don't know. If someone's got your email account, I mean, do password reset, maybe. But uh, Jay, Michelle, someone's, okay, hold on. Is VMware sandboxing an area of interest in today's cyber industry? Do you think it's on par with importance of cloud computing? What are pros and cons? Um, well, I mean, VMware and sandboxing, yeah, I mean, that's a that's an ends to a mean, right? You would use that in order to like test stuff. To me, that's like saying you know, like knowing Linux, right? Like it's just that's a skill that you should know and be able to use. Um, but um, it's not. It's not, like people aren't like, oh, you know how to sandbox? Like get in here. Like it, it, that's just kind of a skill. Uh, Salah Houdin says, "Hi Jerry, I got called for a recorded video interview for IAM engineer, uh, cyber services position. It's the first stage, and I want to give my best shot. Any suggestions?" First of all, way to go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, second of all, an IAM engineer, very specific uh, skill set, identity, um, identity and access management. Um, what I would say is two things. One, um, I have a video on the channel on interviewing like a boss. Uh, let, let me uh, share that. Um, you're going to like this one. This one's really useful for anyone, honestly. Um, Chat GPT interview. Okay. So check this out. Job interview. There we go. This guy right here. Um, guys, I'm telling you, if you're not using AI to, to, to support yourself, they, I use AI all the time now. It's such a, like, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable force multiplier. So Salah, is Salah here still? Oh my God, bro. Salah Hadeen is up in here. Here's the video. Basically, here's what I would do. One, I would get familiar with um, main identity and access management concepts. Use this chat GPT. Take, take the job rec, okay? Copy and paste the job rec like I did for the resume with J-Man. Take the job rec and post it in here. Say to chat GPT, you're interviewing for a job and to ask you a couple interview questions, then type in the responses or speak your responses uh, voice to text, and then ask it to give you feedback on those responses. It's very powerful, right? You will go into the interview having already been interviewed, right? And it will give you the confidence in order to crush it. Also, pro tip, uh, prepare for the interview. Get a good night's sleep. If you don't know the answer to something, say you don't know the answer. Don't try to fake it uh, because, you know, if you fake it, people are going to know. And that's not what you want to do. Trust me. That's my uh, feedback on that. Uh, Quince, Quince. Q Winsby says, looking to go into auditing, what route do you suggest? Finish the cyber bootcamp from being a math teacher. First of all, love it. Love the transition. If you're going to get into audit, um, Quinslab or Quinsby, what I would say is get familiar with some of the frameworks. Uh, PCI DSS is a framework. Uh, actually, anti-siphon training 